Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Brothers in Law of Destruction. I am Larry, along with Tyler, and uh, AEW has just concluded. There's a lot to talk about. Uh, John Moxley is your new and, once again, uh, AEW world champion. Him and Brian Daniels had had just one hell of a match for the main event. Uh, MJF was perched high, holding his chip. I am glad they didn't. Um, do I, no one really knows what the like what you can do with it. Like if you can cash in like a money in the bank, or if you have to. I don't know, Tony Khan had made comments about how he he would have a, he could have a match whenever he wanted, and and Tony Khan would um, sanction it. But I'm glad that they're going to hold off and take a breather and tell a, a longer story. I was. Uh... Not worried because I love MJF and I love everyone that was involved in it, but I did just want this match to stand on its own and almost start like a new chapter for AEW and then yeah. go from there. And I was partially, again, not worried, but just it wasn't what I would have wanted to see. Of I was like, well, MJF's going to cash in at the end of the night and then win, and that's how it's going to end. It's going to be a big pop, but like you said, you could tell a lot longer story, and he's such a good storyteller and so good on the mic that there's a lot of mileage to get there. So I am really happy that they uh, held off and didn't pull the trigger immediately on that. Like I said, so it is essentially just uh, in like WWE terms, it would just be a money in the bank is how we're looking at it. Right. Right. I mean, I can just cash in whenever. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing it, they haven't really set precedent um, with it or I don't, what did they do last year? Who won last year? I could not tell you. I don't remember. I'm sure if people, anyone listening to this is probably screaming at the podcast, but I can't think. But, I mean, you can kind of do what you want with it and set your own precedent with it. It is kind of funny. It looks like WWE and uh, AEW are kind of telling um, the same story in the sense that some, you know, jerk-off heel is holding a contract, essentially, that will let them cash in and get a world title match whenever they want. Right. Uh, I do, uh, so on the same topic, I do enjoy that it is a, a poker chip, as silly as it may look, because you do cash in poker chips. So I do, yeah. I do, li- I do like that idea of that. You but, know, it's funny. I was just about to say, I actually like the briefcase because you would be carrying around a briefcase with a contract in it. So it, it's funny. It's like two sides of the same thing, but uh, just, you know, both are fine, but it, it's kind of funny how it works. So what do you think? They, they go with the right guy? Uh, man, I, I really wanted, I'm a, uh, not as big a Daniel Bryan or Brian, Brian Danielson fan as you, but I am just a, a big Brian Danielson fan. I had to kind of want to see him win, but, uh, yeah, I think Mox should get it. I think he's just been just red fucking hot. Everything he does just works right now. He's been great. I think he's been some, you could argue the guy to maybe carry AEW this past year. You know what I mean? Yeah. Through everything that's been going on, he's been that, that guy. So, uh, yeah, I think it's great. Also, really like that it was a submission win. Choked him out. Yeah. did uh, You didn't see that coming. You did think, well, if he's going to beat him, he's just going to hit him with eight just just brutal fucking moves in a row and win. And uh, he didn't. He choked him out. Uh, we were texting during the match, and um, I was saying, and I don't know if this is actually correct or not, but from my memory it is, um, that only, like, two people had ever kicked out of the running knee in WWE. Yeah, from it was Daniel it Bryan. A lot. It, it was very few and far in between. Uh, it was um, 
it was I said Batista. I think it was Randy Orton. Brian hits a running knee on Randy Orton, gets thrown out of the ring. Batista covers Randy Orton, and then that's when he kicks out. Right. Then he hits the power bomb, and then the running knee to Batista, and then submits him. But and then uh, the other person, uh, I think it was Roman Reigns. I think it was yeah, um, Roman kicked out of one. Yeah, and uh, I was I remember because I remember thinking, man, that never happens. And so and now he, it, it's not even a big deal when he hits it, hits it, and you know um, it's kind of like when Jericho hits codebreaker and it's just like just for a you know a near fall it's like man i don't think he's one with the codebreaker since he i haven't started uh, aw i haven't seen him one with codebreaker in aw yeah but um i thought it was a great show tonight man again uh really happy that mox won because just like we said he's just been carrying the company for a long time how do you think mox goes from here do you think i would imagine next week do you think there'll be some tension between him and Brian Danielson, do you think, oh, Brian Danielson, I want, I want another shot at it? Or do you think uh, they just kind of shake hands? William Regal says, you know, that, you know, we fought, we're done now, that's it. I, I think that I don't really know what Brian's going to do, but I wouldn't have him. I think there's a, a ready-made story for, for Moxley. So as far as the Brian front is concerned, I don't know if he goes away and takes a little bit of a break comes mm-hmm. back um or he just immediately goes to something i mean there's like 42 titles to choose from so he can just go to another one i guess um but i'd like to see you know what i'd like to see from brian what would you like to see from I, brian? I want to see him in a good story <clears throat> he does just seem s- like he's been plugged in to just have really world-class matches with people yeah which i think that's what he wants but, you know, you said a couple minutes ago that you thought, you know, oh, I'm not as big of a, you know, that you aren't as big of a, you know, Brian Davis fan as me. And I've got to say, since, you know, he's been in AEW for, you know, a year now. And is it crazy to say that I haven't loved it? Um, no, I don't think it's crazy because I think when you did fall in love with him, it was because of the great story. He was still having great matches, but he was a part of really, really great stories. I do believe yeah, so, here lately he has just been kind of a plug-in, have a great match. And I mean, it's been a few weak stories, but nothing, no big overarching storytelling, I would I would argue. For context to the <laughs> listeners, Larry, you know, I, I watched wrestling a little bit when I was a kid, a little bit, you know, I watched it uh, quite a bit in middle school. But, like, I, I, went, I, I went years without watching it. And then I started watching it again uh, in, like, 2015 and watched it ever since um, then. And... So when I started watching, it was actually after his, you know, 2014 WrestleMania main event. And uh, kind of, you know, since then just gone back and watched older stuff. And yeah, I mean, I was so excited for him to come over and see something new and, you know, to, to get to see, like, I used to have a best of the American Dragon, like Ring of Honor matches from him. And like, yeah. um, I love them. And I love that they feel like they're two distinct people. Uh, two distinct like different characters and different wrestlers and Daniel Bryan and Brian Danielson. And when we see him return to WWE, I'm excited to see um, the underdog Daniel Bryan again. But like, I do like that in AEW, he's not an underdog. And I wrote about this a little bit for AIPT in uh, one of our Mount Rushmore pieces. But um, when I had to pick two of the Mount Rushmore of uh, matches in 2021 and both my matches featured him, but one of them was against Roman Reigns. And 
one of them was against Kenny Omega from last year's um, Grand. Or what's the thing called? Grand Slam. They're uh, the event they had tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Grand Slam. Yeah, yeah. So the the one last year against Kenny Omega, and I wrote in there like, oh, they're two. They look alike, but they're two distinctly different people. Like Daniel Bryan is the underdog. Brian Danielson's the best wrestler in the world. Um, but ever since joining it, it, it feels like it's just been like fantasy, you know, matchup and just being a great wrestler, which is awesome. But I mean, I think we all like wrestling for a lot of different reasons, and I love the stories, and uh, I just want to see them in something cool, you know. But uh, yeah, I, I'd agree with that. They are two completely different people, so it is hard to get the same type of story with them. But he could still uh, tell one. I think he will. I think he would. I think they were really excited to, you know, have him be in a bunch of matches and just get to wrestle people. And uh, yeah, so I, I, th- I think he'll. Uh, I think here soon he'll he'll be in maybe a, a longer story. So back to the you said Mox has a ready made feud. We're assuming that is with uh, MJF, correct? Yeah, but do you think that um, <clears throat> I think they should wait? Him one what is it? I think they should wait on that because in my mind MJF can cash in whenever, right? Right. So you could have MJF in another story with somebody. He doesn't have to be in the story with the champion because he says I don't have to talk to you. I don't have to acknowledge you. It doesn't actually matter who's champion to me. I can cash in whenever I want. It doesn't, uh, it has no merit who the champion is. So I, in my mind, he could have a story with someone else and still have that chip and just always in the back burner of, you know, like every once in a while you can do a bat stake segment or just him watching the match. It's just like, I have this like, anytime I want, I can cash it in. But I feel like you could get mileage out of both of them separately right now. Yeah. Um, I mean, he, I guess maybe he, we got to, we already have our answer in that segment with Wheeler Yuta. Um, maybe they do a little mini program, a little few week program with, with him. And, you know, I don't want to say Phil time. That, kind of, that, that sounds kind of bad. Like, oh, they're filling time. But I mean, in a good way, like, you know, yes. you can get a story out of that. Um, do you think Moxley goes on vacation anyway? Or do you um, think they want a clean slate and a world champion that's going to be on TV? I think they want one that's going to be on TV. I do, I would say he could go on vacation if, uh, MJF cashed in soon, like within the next couple weeks, but I don't, yeah. he, I don't believe he will. Um, also, I think maybe we're missing a few that is ready made for MJF with it, which is uh, Tony Schiavone. When are they going to have their blow off match? Poor Tony, man. He was, he was shook up. Poor Tony. He needs to realize his position as an interviewer and an announcer and just ask the question instead of being so biased. That's right. Well, it's like Tony. You do have how many how many years of experience? You know, I should know this by now. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I, oh I don't, wait, hold on, hold on. You know what's weird? What? It is kind of weird that he attack. Well, attacks. I mean, he. I don't know that what lack of a better term. He puts his hands on a. Uh, I don't think Tony. Well, see, Tony Schiavone's not wouldn't be an AEW official. He he is. He's and, staff real life but he, i guess yeah. you know in kayfabe he's not um that he would okay so like the natural thing would be he gets suspended right but a i don't think you'd actually want to have him off tv since he was off tv for so long um and i and i just that would be a an obvious thing like because they're like oh he's going to get fined so i wonder if i don't think that they would 
in kayfabe, like suspend him on the next dynamite. No. Whenever, whenever, like he was just shown so heavily featured during the main event. Uh, no, unless he just keeps breaking in. Unless they suspend him and he just somehow just keeps showing up in the crowd and does the whole ticket thing and says, well, I bought a ticket. I can be here because I have a ticket. Yeah. And- I I just, I think, in, I think normally in normal circumstances you'd do something like that, but since he was gone for so long. No, I don't think they're going to. Um, I think he's just there. Well, Tony Schiavone even said he's going to be fined. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I think he's just going to be, you know, fined. And then uh, I'm sure he'll make a joke about how he doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And, if he if he knew all it costed was you know fifty k to push Tony Schiavone down he would he'd do it every week. And then it'd be funny if he was like I get I get fined fifty thousand here's seventy thousand keep the change Tony. He yeah. said so he says so what do I get if I punch you square in the nose and then that's it. <laughs> uh, you he know said, it is funny it's like it's interesting as MJF where they're gonna go with uh, from here because he. I don't think his promo last item I was great. Um, I, I the, the constant screaming and like, I feel like him like, like determined to get booed and it kind of went off course a little bit. Um, and he was definitely cheered tonight. And I just wonder if that's going to keep, you know, like it's like the only thing that's going to get these people to boo me now is if I just physically assault Tony Schiavone. But I wonder what they're going to do. I wonder if now that there's a clear, um, Babyface uh, on the other side of um, of MJF. If now fans can just start booing MJF again, and so they can cheer Moxley. I don't know. It's interesting. Um, you could say I. I would like to have. Man, I don't want to have. I don't want to go off the rails here. But he was cheered as almost like uh, an uh, anti-hero. Correct, right? So you'd say, right, right. Uh, so to have that, you do have to have some disdain for the authority figure that is in charge, right? Right. So very early on, people are already having to stay for Tony Khan because they are just cheering the shit out of him when he was having yeah. his beef with him. Yeah. Which uh, you think they may be a little worrisome, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, good thing Tony Khan, well, I'll say, I know he's on in front of the live crowd, but it look, it's not like he's like an on screen character all that often, you know? Right. Um, you know, it's funny that you, you said anti hero um, cheers because, I mean, isn't John Moxley the prototypical anti hero? You'd think so, but he doesn't really beef with authority figures in AEW. No, no, he, he just he, he's that. he's just more like I'm the cool, like I'm just going to do what I want kind of thing. But I guess I guess in the sense of being like he doesn't. You're right. He doesn't have a. Um, I don't say he doesn't have a purpose. I don't mean it that way. But you know, if if MJF would really lean into the whole Tony Khan thing, that's an anti-hero thing because you're going to be like, oh, I'm yes. going against the supposed good guy for the right reasons or doing the bad thing for the right reason. And John Moxley doesn't really have. I don't think he has a reason. A reason. Right. right, I think he's just like, I like to fight. I'm just the best. Let's go. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely more of a, (laughs) I don't want to compare the two, but he's definitely more of a just a stone cold. Like I'm just going to do what I want. Yeah. Kick ass. And you you know, boo me or cheer me, but I don't care. And it's almost the not caring. that makes you like, fuck yeah, man. I don't want to care either. I wish I could not care. I mean, he's just cool. Right. I mean, It is funny. I I remember um, you and I talking about um, about Dean Ambrose and how you were never a big fan of him Mm -hmm. in WWE. And um, like, I liked him. 
I probably liked them a little more than you did, but it's not like I was like a huge fan by any means, but um, it is crazy how much differently I see him. And I will say, even with John Moxley earlier on AW, I wasn't the biggest fan. I liked them, but there was just something. I just felt like there was a sameness with them. Every match had to be a Texas death match. Every match had to be all these gimmicks. And I feel like he's growing more confident as a uh, performer. And that he doesn't, he, that, that those are tools and that he doesn't have to use them every time, you know? Right. Uh, I think I could agree with that. I don't know. Do you think he just really likes those matches, maybe? He's just like, yeah. he's like, those are the ones I just have the most fun in. He's like, I can have great normal matches. He's like, but I just really like these nutty fucking matches, man. Yeah, I I, um, I think that's where someone in charge as a Tony, a Tony Khan or whoever, which, yeah, I mean, it would be him, to be like, hey, less is more, though. Uh, if we have, you know, I think there was a time in, like, um, during uh, Hangman Page's reign where he had, like, two or three, like, Texas death matches, like, you know, in a close proximity, and I was just like, it was with his second match with Adam Cole when he mentioned something about a Texas death match. And I remember just rolling my eyes and being like, this is the only thing we can go to. Like, come on. And that uh, was that wasn't with Moxley. That was with Hangman Page. But that's where you need someone, you know, your booker to be like, okay, guys, let's let's pull that out. You know, if every match is no DQ, no DQ matches don't mean anything. You know, there is a, a clip going around now of uh, Chris Jericho talking about uh, the match he had with uh, Moxley, and he said that they were uh, texting about it or they were talking about it. And Moxley was talking about, he's like, well, we need a, a gimmick. We need something for the match. And Jericho told him, he said, man, we've done enough gimmick matches. We just need to have, you know, let's just have a match. So he said, oh, okay, okay, you're right, you're right, and agreed to it. And Chris Jericho said that Moxley's not a big talker. So he said he sent him this long text. We knew it had to be something. And he said, dude, I was thinking, we're just having a normal match. You know, I wrestled Chris Jericho. I want to wrestle the Lionheart now. And I will right. not, I, I don't, I, we'll have a normal match, but let's have a normal match with like the best version of you, arguably. And I thought that's great because still a normal match, but still a little turn on it. So yeah, I think, I think there's uh, older dudes in the locker room too, to also say, you know, Hey, like we've done this a lot. We need to do this. And I think Chris Jericho's uh, a very big, very big part of that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Hey, speaking of Chris Jericho, um, ring, ring of honor champion now, buddy. Ring of honor world champion. I when, when this came, when the match came on, I immediately thought this is the WrestleMania opener. Uh, it's going to be a big babyface victory, kind of almost like an obvious victory. Like clearly, Chris Jericho is not going to win the Ring of Honor Championship. It's going to be a big pop. We'll get the night started off. You know, kind of like an easy, smooth takeoff into the night, right? And then he right. he just he won. And I, even when he was pinning him. At no point was I on the edge of my seat thinking, well, he's about to, he's about to win this match. I was just sitting back, just hey, he doesn't on, hit that on, Judas effect for nothing. I said I wasn't I wasn't on my phone, but I had it in my hand. So I was kind of checking Twitter a little bit and I looked up and I was watching. And I was like, yeah, one, two, three, and I jumped up. I thought there was yeah. no fucking way. Well, um, it was funny whenever you text because you you like you said we you were texting and um you texted me that if I was watching. And then um, you said something like, holy shit, or, or something. Well, I have, I'm not even going to get into it now. I, I, don't, I may have mentioned this, but um, f- for whatever reason, I can't get half of the stuff I watch on my TV. It's so frustrating. So I had to watch 
anything wrestling or live TV or whatever that's not like one of the top apps I um, I have to watch on my iPad. Well, Brittany was using my iPad, so I was watching it on my phone. <laughs> the first two matches, whatever. And um, so I was like, I had to wait until the match was over to text you back that I was watching, and that was a crazy, crazy end. But um, weren't we just talking about last week how um, sometimes we all we sometimes we need to have the heel just do a heel thing at the end? Uh, yeah, and win a match, and uh, that's exactly what Chris Jericho did. Did you know? Just did something bad and he tried to cheat throughout and he finally was able to do it. And it's like, I kind of like that. Oh, I loved it. I thought it was a, I thought it was a really, really good match. I loved it. And I am really excited. I know Ring of Honor doesn't have their own shows right now. They're just on AEW. So I am, I, I still have been excited to see where that goes, but I'm, even more so now I, I'm pumped to see where it goes. I'm Jericho and Claude, I'm assuming will have multiple matches now you would think, right? Oh yeah. It sets the story. And, Wow, I I I honestly I don't know where they go because I didn't think this was going to go anywhere. I thought this was just going to be a one and done. I keep thinking, oh, well, we'll see what happens on Dynamite, but I keep forgetting that was Dynamite. <laughs> it, it, um, it, it definitely felt like a big show, didn't it? Even oh yeah, from the opening up. You know what was great about it? Um, it was very, and I'm not gonna, I'm not saying that like i'm not a wrestling historian so i couldn't you know you could be like, well actually on this night on this show in 1994 but um it felt very takeoverish, where it was just like here they are five matches that's what was great about takeover it was like it was so and that's what like that's what was great about clash the castle it was just very simple here we are boom 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 we break a couple of them up with a few segments like the mjf segment that's exactly how Triple H would have booked it, a takeover. What don't you think? Like, you have this, this, and there. You have this and this, and then you have a couple of vignettes, and then you have um, like a little thing with Wheeler Yuta and then MJF, and it like it felt very disciplined. Yeah, I think it felt uh, very disciplined. <clears throat> um, they didn't seem to get off the rails a whole lot onto uh, anything. And, uh, man, I just thought it was uh, – I thought it was great, man. I really did. And everything that was added was added for a reason. Like, even, like, the MJF thing, like, with Wheeler Yuta, it was to remind everyone, oh, yeah, remember, he has this and he can do cash in what he wants. And it just felt very um, focused, you know. I think AEW has a real big problem sometimes with not being focused and – it felt very focused. There was a point. It was momentum. We were going towards something. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, so, again, going towards some, uh, they have a two-hour special rampage on Friday. Yeah. Instead of just the one hour, it's going to be two hours. That looks like it's going to be stacked. Uh, I did see a tweet earlier, and I want your opinion of it, because uh, we have uh, before, I don't think we have on the podcast, but in private, we have just talked about the uh, amount of titles that AEW has and how maybe they have too many, you could argue. Um, yeah. They have technically featured on their shows, they have two sets of trios titles. They have, uh, someone said, uh, it was a tweet earlier, and they said, well, the Ring of Honor trios titles doesn't count. And the person responded and said, well, Ring of Honor doesn't run their own shows. They're featured on AEW and they're signed to AEW. 
I didn't know Ring of Honor had trios titles. That is what the the tweet said. I wasn't sure if they did, but that is. I, I mean, I don't remember seeing it because isn't MJF or MJF <laughs> isn't the FTR? Aren't they the Ring of Honor tag champions? They're the tag champions, yes, and the IWGP tag champions. So yeah, I don't remember seeing that. I'm maybe it slipped my mind, or maybe that was something that like. Tony didn't bring over. Well, hold on. We are <clears throat> we're looking it up. The date established was uh, August thirtieth, twenty sixteen. Okay. And we are going to the reigns of everybody. Uh, Dalton Castle and the boys, Brandon Tate and Brendan Tate, won it. Death before dishonor, July twenty third, twenty twenty two. So yeah, but I but has it but does it say that it's been? Well, I don't know, but they, they signed everybody, so right. No, no, no. But I just didn't know if they brought the titles over, if it's been featured. I haven't seen them yet, but if they signed everybody, then I'm not. Then it counts. They're there. Typical W or typical what? Typical AEW. They'll probably start next. Um, Dynamite with a Ring of Honor trios <laughs> championship. <laughs> I hope so. Ring That'd of Honor hilarious. versus. A- you think just the easy way would be just do Ring of Honor versus AW trios and unify them, right? I don't know if you would want to unify a title that you just created. I'd do it. Just do it. Just not have two trios titles. Or you could just not feature them like they have been doing. Yeah, I would just I just wouldn't bring it up. I'd say, sorry guys, I know you just won this, but who cares? Once you, know. you guys start running your own shows again, you can you can have them. We have to keep in mind that AEW has to come first, like, you know. In, in this. When does Ring of Honor get back on track, you think? Like with their own show? Yeah. I don't know. It seems like it's been slow moving. Like, uh, I'm not quite sure. <laughs> uh, oh, so, I do want to point out something kind of funny. Um, before the show started on Discord, one of the um, one of the writers on AIPT said that um, he went to the show and that parking was $50. I don't know if he was joking or not, but uh, I think he was serious. If parking's fifty dollars, they need to figure something the fuck out, man. That's hideous. That's for that's horrendous to do to people. Twice as much I, I, that I have ever spent. Fifty dollars. We went to WrestleManias before and not parked. We went to WrestleManias. We went to NXT takeovers on WrestleMania weekend. We went to MLS championships. We went to NHL playoff games. I've been to NFL playoff games. I've never paid fifty dollars for parking. Yeah, he said that. I'll have to see for sure if he was telling the truth. But uh, yeah, that's to... fucking outrageous, man. <laughs> yeah, he said fifty dollars for parking. Dragon better fucking win, and that was at seven oh five. Well, poor guy. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, the there was a women's championship match, Tyler. Yeah. What do you and think? There, there was a debut. Would you like to talk about it? Um, well, before we get to the debut, I just want to say that I thought that the um, the end felt kind of quickly. The finish of the match seemed kind of abrupt. Uh, yeah, I definitely didn't see the ending happening there. I thought I was just going to get into a quick succession of pins and kickouts and counters. And then uh, when she won, I was like, "Oh, like I didn't, I didn't see that coming." There wasn't a whole lot of build up to it, which sometimes I guess maybe us as wrestling fans need to be okay with that. Of like, yeah, like. I got her. Like, there's not always going to be a big crescendo. Like, I countered it. I pinned her. I won. Like, what do you want? 
But uh, why? No, of course I'm not looking up how you pronounce her name. Why would you suggest that? That I'm scrolling on Discord to make sure that I say her name correctly. Oh yeah. <laughs> now I can't. <laughs> now it's not in my head. Soraya. Yeah, Soraya. Is that her actual name? I believe so. Well, music hit. And I'm, I, I, I thought at first, before the beatdown went too long, that we would get Thunder Rosa coming out. Uh, I so did I thought, too. When it just I thought, hit. oh, okay, Th- Thunder Rosa facing off against Britt Baker. Like, oh, okay, it's, you know, scandalous. But music hit, and then I didn't know immediately, which I, I was excited for. I'm like, oh, okay, who is this? And then the, and then the name popped up, and I'm like, uh, I was like five-second delay in my head. And then when she came out, I'm like, first off, she – I mean, she looks great, and I didn't. I knew who it was, but it was. It didn't even immediately pop my head that it was Paige. It took me like another half second. Well, it wasn't Paige, obviously, but um, but I we. I mean, I texted you and just said like, "This is a game changer," and I thought, "Okay, here we are. This is a woman amongst girls here." Like this, I really feel like I'm super excited about i think this is a fantastic addition to this women's roster like that's just i don't think you could have found someone better does just immediately bolster their the whole division there and like i said like we me and you have been pretty critical of maybe the AEW women's division in the past and said that it's very top heavy and after that it kind of falls off and they've made some good signings and some people have stepped up and has gotten better but with her with her in the fold now like you said it is just it's different, and it is kind of like a lot of the women wrestlers. Maybe they're they're established, but they're not mainstream established. If that makes any sense. And then right. when she shows up, she, I've I've done it all. I've I've done it. Fucking everything. I'm here. And she kept saying, "Well, this is my house now." Yeah. Oh God, I love it. I I think she brings such a like weightiness and a and like a gravity to it. Yeah. And um, it it. She feels yeah, I, I hate the word legitimize because I don't I don't mean that in a disrespectful way, but it's like I think it's just gonna I think it's going to bring everyone's game up, both in wrestling in the actual wrestling and in, in promos. I think she's really gonna hopefully bring out the best in whoever she's working with. It is. But I I really am feeling um really good about that. I'm you, really excited. Do you think I think there was a time in the uh like the women's revolution in WWE, right? And we'll see if you agree with me, where there was a time where they were there were stories going on, they were wrestling, they were talking on the mic, and it was kind of like a you have to keep up or you're gonna get left behind right now. Yeah, and it was it was and we I were feel, I feel like maybe with her coming in and making everybody elevate their game, and you have Tony Storm as champion and Bert Baker's doing really good and all this stuff. I do you think there's a chance that AW's women's division gets to that point here soon with all these people stepping up and like, hey, you have to keep up with me or you're getting left behind. You're not you're not gonna you're not going to get on this in this car ride anymore with us. Yeah, I think so. And I think that you, I, at least when Britt Baker's out there cutting promos, it feels like that. It feels like, listen, she's getting in there. She's not going to slow down for you. She's not going to purposely make you look bad. I mean, necessarily, but she'll work with you, but you got to go the same speed she's going or yeah. you will get less than dust. That's the kind of person I know we weren't, specifically talking about Britt Baker, but that's who that reminds me of. Right. Is I feel like she's a type of talent who if you're in there in a program with her and you're cutting a promo. If you're not holding your end, she's she'll work with you, but you've got to be able to hold your end of the bargain. Oh, and, that's and, how I, and as the fans watching, you're going to see. Oh, you're going to see oh, they can't, they're not keeping up here. 
and uh, and I don't know if that is a sign of just a lack of um, maturity or a lack of um, you know experience or I mean hey there are some wrestlers who are just like that I mean that you're just like hey look I'm I'm at this certain level and you got to be with me or you're going to be left behind and that's maybe their way of pushing the other wrestler to, to up their game. And of course there are some wrestlers who, who aren't like that. And, but yeah, I think you're right. I think that's a really good point. I think now, especially with Soraya in there. Uh, and does Paige immediately go for uh Bert Baker? Because her and Tony Storm after the match kind of embraced so you would imagine it's her and Britt Baker now, right? Um, yeah, because the only other thing Britt Baker was in a program with or whatever was that like teasing with Jamie Hader about like, are they going to be a, like, is, is Hader going to forgive her? And then it seems like, okay, now that that's paid off and that she's back on their side. Um, right. I would say, yeah, definitely. Uh, or not definitely, but pro- more than likely. One thing I will say about um, Britt Baker is, you know, some people think she's overrated. I definitely don't. I think she's really good. Yeah, I think she's really good. Um, I, I want to see uh, – I feel like it's now that Jamie Hayter – I was kind of bummed that she came out and helped her because I'm like, this would have been more interesting if you would have done something new. And it feels like we're kind of on the same Britt Baker as we were a little bit. I, I just want to see – I think when wrestlers progress, you know, and change, just – just change something and uh, even if it's working i mean you always have to feel like you're getting better and when she and when jamie Hader ran out there and helped her uh, beat up um, tony storm i thought man she still has the same lackeys and it just kind of was like i just want to see a little bit different of a look but but i think this would definitely make um Britt baker even you know even better yeah i think it would i think it would make her better uh, i'm a big Britt baker fan uh, I love it. I love everything she does, honestly. And uh, I'm uh, I'm excited. And I think they could still uh, do that. They could still split maybe down the line. It doesn't look like it now. It looks like they have mended the fence. But um, I am so excited for for them and for for their program, man. Hopefully, Thunder Rosa comes back, and that would and that would put um, you don't because you don't want. I feel like no one comes storm to be in the background. Right, right. And I feel like WWE does it sometimes where it seems like the only program has to be like a title program. So you definitely don't want to put your um, champion on the back burner, but um, you also want to create feuds that don't have anything to do with the title, just like the men. So I feel like if Thunder Rosa is back, that can occupy Tony's time until if she does beat Thunder Rosa, she could circle back around to Britt Baker. Even if Britt Baker loses the ultimate feud with um, Soraya, she can circle back and was like, Oh, I didn't forget what you did at Arthur Ashe. Like, I, you know, I, I'm going to kick your ass, even if it's months down the line. I didn't forget. So um, now, not uh, on the same top of the women's division, uh, the acclaimed finally won the uh, tag team titles tonight. Uh, do you have any initial uh, thoughts or feelings on that? I feel like uh, once Chris Jericho won, and this match was next. I did have in my head. I said, "Well, they're they're going over. They're winning now." Who the acclaimed? Yes. <clears throat> yeah, I think that um, going back to um, the press conference after All Out, I think that 
Tony was aware how everyone felt and they wanted the acclaim to to win, that he made that match during that that um that media thing because he was like, Oh, how about it, Arthur Ash? We do it, we go back and it was a great match. And um I think he was thinking in real time, okay, maybe I should have had him win and I'll just have the titles here. I was briefly thinking, I wonder if um if, if I have to say the name swerve in our glory so cheesy uh i was thinking like should they should they like cheat and turn full heel and then prolong it i wouldn't have minded that but i I mean i have a is there a chance you think that now that the acclaimed have the titles and they have now conquered you know the mountain they're champions now do you think they slowly some of their heat slowly starts to die out a little bit or do you think they'll be able to maintain it I, I feel like they'll. I, I feel like they'll be able to maintain it because they are an act that's not just wrestling. If that makes sense. Like there's such an entertainment value to them that um, I see what you mean. I mean that's the that's always the worry when you know someone who you want to win the title wins the title, and then it's like what's next? But um, yeah, I feel like. I feel like they can come out and be entertaining enough. And um, I, I will say one thing I really liked about that match was uh, it was a great match. How um, kind of how simple, like I liked how simple it was and how simple Max Caster wrestles, if that makes sense. Like yeah. he's not overly for having such a crazy, like big personality. His wrestling style is pretty, you know, meat and potatoes. You know, like it's pretty structured, pretty straightforward. He's not doing crazy things in the ring. And uh, I was like, man, this guy is a, a guy who I don't think he's that young necessarily, but I'm glad they're going with him now. And to think like he's kind of he just kind of reminded me of like an old fashioned wrestler. He's like, yeah. oh, he's not doing super flashy stuff, but he got over by his personality. Uh, speaking of uh, old wrestlers, someone who... That took me a long time to get out, such a <laughs> simple point. Uh, speaking of old wrestlers, someone who is, uh, you know, has a, a gimmick that you would think would be for a young man and does look young, but is not young, is uh, Mr. Orange Cassidy. He is 38 years old, which I'm not trying to offend anybody. That's not old. I know that. But when you look at his gimmick and what he does, you would think, oh, this man's in his mid-20s. He's almost 40. He's 38. I guess if... Yeah, I, I guess if you have, I, you know, I never really watched him on the indies. I don't know how God bless crazy him. he was on the indies. I don't know if he just had such a style to where he didn't put his body through that much. And I, I hope I can look like that when I'm 38. He looks yeah, uh, I'll let you know in eight years how uh, how 38 looks. Well, you look bad now. Not 30. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's yeah. going to be terrible. You don't, you don't look that good now. Now, I, I don't, I don't. And neither do I. Then I'm 24. <laughs> it is funny when uh, I was saying on Discord how when when Pat came out, I'm like, man, it's kind of hard to believe that he used to be Neville. And I was uh, during his match. I was uh, thinking during it how much I just absolutely love him. Pat is he even when he was doing uh, Orn Cassidy went in the corner and he was going to deliver some boots to him, you know, stomp him a little bit. And yeah. the first boot he had was just a straight heel kick to his head. Yeah. And I just it's just that. He's just so brutal all the time. He it, it's almost hey. like 
he makes up for his stature and what people will see. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm small. So you probably think, you know, I can't do anything. Well, watch this. I'm going to kick this guy's head in right now. Yeah, very believable. I mean, oh, he is scary as hell. I remember when we went to WrestleMania in Orlando, he had a match. I think it was, um, yeah, it was, I think, first match on the kickoff show, kickoff show because his music hit first. And I rem- we we had seats. We were like, what, like eight seats over from the um, top of the massive like 500-yard um, aisle uh, or entrance walkway right. or whatever. Right. Remember, he his music hit, and he came out, and I, I wasn't that far away. We, we weren't that far away, so I'm not exaggerating. He looked right at me. Like, he scared me. I was like, oh, shit, this guy's intimidating. Like, <laughs> he came out and was looking, and we just, like, kind of looked at, like, he, he just was looking at all the faces or whatever, and like, we were relatively close. And I was like, damn, he's kind of intimidating, even though I'm, I probably scary. tower over him, you know, if I was next to him. A scary individual, man. Yeah. He's just a, he is just a embodiment of just, like, testosterone and intensity, man. He's just a yeah. little ball of it. Um, hey, going back to that tag match, I just want to say nothing crazy over, you know, analytical or whatever, but um, Swerve is so good. He is. He's really good. I was uh, still on that. I was a little scared at the end when the ref got distracted for the second match in a row. I didn't mind it in this match because Billy Gunn got his, his kind of lick in and then it was a big finish. And I thought, okay, like, I don't mind it, but like I hope this isn't just the the recipe for the night where the reps going to keep getting tracked. And they didn't, and it was fine, and I still loved it. I thought it was great. Yeah, sometimes baby faces can cheat, and it just feels fine, you know. <laughs> I don't know why. Like it just works. That was one of them. It was kind of like it was like you've been waiting on Billy Gunn to, to get something in here, and uh, he finally yeah. did. And I was like, there you go. Um, is there anything else on as far as the AEW Grand Slam show tonight that we haven't covered or that you'd like to cover? Um, no, I think we're good. I think um, I think this was the right call with with John Moxley. Um, AEW. Um, I think I'd like to write about this, but it feels like ever since the whole debacle after All Out, Tony Khan has put his best foot forward. It feels um, structured. It feels like it has a purpose. Um, it will be interesting to see next week. Okay, now that now that his favorite booking device into a tournament is over, uh, where we go from here? But it feels like we're on solid ground. Unless God, you know, we're going to wake up in the morning and be like John Moxley out for nine months with an injury or something crazy. But John Moxley's uh, going on vacation. We're going to have a tournament to crown an interim <laughs> AEW World Champion. Be oh here God. next week on it. <laughs> That's hilarious. I don't know why we have that. That joke hasn't been made yet. But um, but no, overall, I feel like we are on really solid ground and um i think i really i really want to give credit to tony khan for oh yeah um just given an for this kind of shit situation yeah and i feel like he's kind of weaved his way out of some bad stuff and it feels like a company that everyone's on board now you know yeah so yeah i think we're good on on AEW. i think so uh so we'll go to the show from last night which is nxt uh the big thing, obviously, is uh, J.D. and McDonough and Tyler Bate had their number one contenders match. Uh, J.D. and McDonough won. Uh, thought it was a great match. I'm a big Tyler Bate guy, so are you. But, uh, you know, of course, J.D. and McDonough won. And, uh, I would say whenever – well, go on, sorry. Well, they're uh, interrupt and uh, Dragunov, is that how you say his name? 
Yeah, Ely uh, Dragunov. Ely Dragunov. I always feel like I messed it up. Uh, he came out super, super pumped for that. Um, I'm excited. I am a little nervous with NXT right now because it feels like I know they're going to do the NXT Europe, uh, I believe next year. Is that the goal, right? That, uh, I think so, that. yeah. It seems like right now there's so much hype around it because there's, you know, Tyler Bate came and now, you know, Ela Dragonoff has come and all this stuff. And there wasn't a whole lot of hype. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, NXT was good, but there wasn't a whole lot of hype and social media presence and people being super, super invested in the show like they were previously before maybe this last month or so, correct? Would you agree with that? Uh, yeah, I'd say so. I think it was, I think for those people who watched it, they thought it was a solid show. And anytime I, I try to tune in for their specials yeah. and I always thought it was pretty solid, but it just still felt so different. But yeah, I would say if, if you were watching it, you would say it's a pretty solid show, but um, it just, it was hard to compare, yeah. you know, to, to previous NXT. What's making me nervous is when you, so you bring all these guys over, you kind of like reestablish them, almost like reintroduce them to like, this audience and say, hey, remember this guy? Like, he was, he's the shit, right? To before they go into NXT Europe and just to perform and, and stuff right now. Once they leave and go to NXT Europe or once those guys are all here, what do we do now? Because now we don't just have the pops of these guys coming back and all that. Once they're all here, no one else is coming. What are we doing? Good question. I thought about something similar when I was watching that yesterday. I think that they're not leaving. I think they're staying in NXT. I, think I don't think I, I think Tyler Bate. I think Tyler Bate's going to the main roster eventually. For the love of God, do not send Tyler Bate back over to Europe. Just keep him in Orlando. You know, right? He doesn't have to go up to the main roster now. It's fine, but just he he just felt. And prison's very harsh. I don't mean it in that way. Wow. He just felt like he was just stuck over there forever. And it's like, get this guy over here. He's one of the best wrestlers in the world. Like He's under the thumb and, of the crown. Get him out. And I get it, you know? I mean, um, but I – maybe some of them will go back. Yeah. But um, – so Are you assuming, like, the guys like such like J.D. McDonough – Ela Dragunov, Tyler Bate, like the guys who are very, very big are going yeah, to stay yeah. and go to the main roster. Yes. <clears throat> and I think that some of the, I think that a lot of the people they fire, they're, they're going to rehire. Yeah. Like, how do you not have Trent Seven if he still wants, I'm sure, sure he's, he still wants to. Like, um, and some of the people, some of my old favorites, like Mark Andrews and stuff, he, hopefully they just rehire them for NXT Europe. And it's just like, hey, we're going to let you go now. Now, but we'll, we'll restructure a new deal because it's NXT UK what it was right before it, it kind of faltered and shut shut down versus what I'm assuming NXT Europe will be. It'd be so different that they probably just need new contracts. That's why I think they end up letting some of those guys go and some of them they probably will, but they, so. if they're going to relaunch this whole thing and make it even bigger, well, they're going to need all those wrestlers. So I'm assuming they won't be back and the people that they wanted to keep now and use now is what they're using in NXT. So I think it's a very fair question because it's definitely up in the air I am what's going to happen, but so I really excited. hope they leave Tyler Bate in Orlando. I do too. I am really excited for NXT Europe because if you listened and you believe what Triple H said in his interview with Ariel Hawani, he wants to do NXT Europe and then eventually, you know, NXT Australia and NXT Africa. And, he's, and it's all just going to 
just breed development. They'll come to Orlando, the wrestle, and then they'll grow the main roster and wrestle. And I just, I love it. I'd love, I'd love to see that. Do you think in five years we can see um, NXT Japan work with like New Japan yeah. under Triple H? Yeah, I think he'd be up for uh, for stuff like that. Maybe I don't know. I when... mean, they've already worked together before, right? Remember, Jushin Thunder Liger had a match with yeah. Tyler Breeze to take over. Yeah, yeah I, I could see them uh, doing little crossover shows and uh, and stuff like that in, in Japan. I could I could definitely see that for sure, especially with uh, Triple H. I think he would realize like we're not always going to do this. It's just like kind of a one-time show. We'll make both brands look good and we'll go about our way. Yeah. But um, the NXT, I, I didn't know what I expected. They just did the one promo where it's just NXT. It's not 2.0 anymore. It was still, I didn't, this might be a, a silly thing to say about it. I thought it was going to be a different color scheme during the show because they changed the logo to different color. So yeah. I thought, well, this is going to be just different colored show. And then the show kicked off, and even the colors around it were still the colorful splatter paint. It was just the NXT logo itself was a different color. But everything else was still the same, right? Yes. I think well, that it was... Again, it's just one week. So what, what do we want out of one week? But I just think that it's... I think the thing to look at here is what do we want out of it? What do we need out of it? I want um, Adam Cole to come the fuck back. Yeah, come on. Where is he? Um, maybe he does too. But I I think it's just a big question mark right now. I was really curious. I thought, well, what, what's this going to be? What's this NXT going to be? And it very much felt, not even as a, this isn't a criticism, but it just felt like NXT 2.0. Yeah. And it, um, it was a good show still. It wasn't a bad show. But it was, like you said, just... Uh, I, during watching it, it was like, yep, this is the same. I am going to make my big, like, harsh analysis, I would imagine, after Halloween Havoc, right? We'll give them till then to build up their stories, have Halloween Havoc, have a great, great show, and then kind of maybe, like, maybe such as AEW did tonight. Like, well, this is the next chapter now. Now we're moving on to our next thing. Yeah, I think so, too. I think you're, you might be right there. Maybe after Halloween Havoc, we see where it goes. Um, I was just looking up to see where NXT 2.0 was filmed. Um, so it looks like they're at the Performance Center. But I, they'll probably stay at the Performance Center, but man, do I miss Full Sail. Oh, Full Sail was great. Just a, a hot crowd, man. I, I just, there was something about that crowd, and I'm just so nostalgic for that time period in wrestling. But there was just something about that crowd that just felt so. If you're cool. if you're watching from home, I mean you've talked about this before. A lot of what you react to is almost based on like the crowd there. Like obviously, yeah. obviously it's not all the time, but I would say the majority of the time, like when you pop, the live crowd's also popping. And if yeah. there's a real just like kind of not shitty crowd, but if there's just a real lackluster, not very enthused crowd. Sometimes the matches don't seem as good, and you're just kind of watching it and just be like, oh, that's cool. You know, that's great. That was great. And when there's a live crowd you're on the actual edge of your seat, you're kind of jumping up and flinching when there's a near fall. And it felt like full sale every week was just a live, hot crowd. And yeah. it made it a lot easier to watch, I think. I mean, I will say this crowd here is really good, and they seem to be really into the product. Yeah. But it's just so, it just feels so different. But I think that, um, it seems like 
Full Sail wasn't like not not shit on WWE crowds because obviously I go to WWE events, so do you. You know what I mean? But it seemed like an indie crowd, like how you'd go to an indie show, mm-hmm. like a Ring of Honor show at a WWE event, just losing their fucking mind. And this just seems yeah. like, yeah, we're a WWE crowd. We're going to cheer. We're going to be a little loud, but we're not going to do a whole lot else. Yeah, I think it's fair. But I think I think the whole Halloween havoc after after that, we'll see where it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I have I have I mean I have faith where it's going. I feel like I I mean I have faith in in um in well I have a good thing that I want to say about Triple H and it's something negative which can wow. kind of drift us into the the last thing we want to talk about today. But well, the good thing is pedigree, but that's fine. That's I probably deserve it. Um, the the good thing would be I, I I like that he's standing up and saying the whole time NXT was always developmental and I was right in my approach because I'm like it's always adamant that like NXT for what yes some of the NXT wrestlers that went up to the main roster wasn't being weren't being used right and um and it didn't it didn't work it wasn't successful for some of them but that was never NXT's fault now now you can say that. Triple H knew that and he was sending up wrestlers to fail. Right. I mean, we could, that's a different topic for a different day, maybe. But um, because, hey, you know that he's not going to use, not a bad example because he never went up, but like, you know, he's not going to use Kyle O'Reilly correctly. So why is he going to the title? You know what I mean? Now, but do you think that, that some of that has to do with like, it's not his decision? Like, Vince could just say, I want that guy. And like, NXT is just technically developmental, so Triple H is not like you do. Like you, you're allowed to go up. That's just it. Sure, sure, but the people he was pushing as what the what the fans perceived as um, a big deal. You know, some of those fans was never going to look at in that in that way. So maybe that would have been his fault. But the whole time, I like that that he's never he. It always feels like now when he's talking now that he's like, oh, I was right the whole time. I kind of like that about him. And uh, it feels like he still has that same philosophy with NXT. So I, I do have my my hopes high. Um, but, uh, you know, and, and J.D. McDonough has a point to be pissed. He's like, I just went through and beat one of the best wrestlers in the world, and you just waltz in. Yeah. But, hey, I mean, Eli Dragunov probably has um, – he had to give up his title because – of injury, so his UK title. So I guess he he has a, a point to be made. Like, hey, I deserve a shot. Yeah, I, I yeah. But uh, the the neg the um, so that was the positive of, of the Triple H thing. The negative is what I want to talk about for our last thing. And um, you know, we are a couple months in, or several weeks in, or whatever, to Triple H's. Um, Triple H is WWE. And while I am enjoying it for the most part and everything, and I've been right on top of Raw and everything every week, it feels like we are getting into a disturbing trend, and that is he's not what Wade Keller has. I, everyone thought, is he going to make a Wade Keller reference? Yes, I am. Um, we didn't a, see it coming. What, what Wade Keller – well, I, I had one earlier, and I decided to hold off. But, oh. <laughs> uh, um that what Wade Keller says calls brave booking of and had and and his analysis basically is like good NFL teams lose every week. 
there's good NFL teams, play good NFL teams. Someone has to win. Someone has to lose. Be brave in your booking. Have someone lose. It's okay. It's wrestling. And it feels like every match that's semi-important has a um, interference, a distraction. And I know that's the way of wrestling, but you can definitely get way too caught up in that and way too dependent on that is the word I'm looking for. And um, is that something I wanted to know if that's something that you've noticed or been bothered by? Um, I have noticed it. We're talking about the like the not clean finishes, right? The people always interfering. You there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, sorry. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that I noticed that last night with uh, or last night um, on Raw with the opening match for Raw was um, the U.S. title match, which I thought was cool. And it made me think that, so it was a distraction finish. Matt Riddle cost Seth Rollins the shot at the title. And uh, babyface Bobby Lashley has basically got his win every single time, almost every single time, because of a distraction. The other wrestler yeah. is getting distracted. And, and it kind of makes, is, is, do you think making Bobby look like a kind of a weak U.S. champion? No, I think... Uh... I think Bobby looks I honest I honestly think Bobby looks great. I think he's done a lot for that title. I think that title means a lot right now and there's like people like Seth wanting to go after it. But um no, if, if it continues to happen after a while I I could see it, but man, I just I have a lot of you can call it blind faith if you want. I have a lot of faith in Triple H. I think they'll figure that out. I think they'll see that that that's happened several times now, but um no, I, I don't think he. I don't think he looked weak. But I th- if they keep doing, it, I think he could. I think he definitely could look weak. But um, no, it, it is happening a lot. There is a lot of interference in matches, though, which is is concerning because me and you both, you know, it has to happen. But we don't like it being depended on, especially it seems like during just live TV that happens all the time. Just yeah. not clean finishes, just even with you know a lot of AW, you know, rampage and dynamite, it's just not clean finishes, interference. We you know we'll get ourselves to the next pay-per-view. And uh, it does get tiresome eventually. It's like, well, why am I watching this? Because I know nothing's actually gonna happen. It's just gonna be some run-ins yeah. and things like that. Like I, there's no point in me actually watching this program now. I can just get the recap on Twitter. But uh I'm hoping that they will that they will fix that. But it is it is definitely worrisome that it's continuing to happen i feel like if they continue to do it which i'm with you there too i feel like triple h is conscious of the stuff and um he he seems like a patient guy and he seems like someone who's not going to like immediately just throw everything away after one week and he's like stick with me right you know and then i think that he will course correct but i don't think he's going to do things immediately and i actually really appreciate that yeah. Um, about his um, tendencies, it seems like. Um, but it does seem like if it does continue to happen, I think subconsciously it shows tells the fans like what you just said. You're just not going to basically invest in it. You're, yeah. you're not because you know something bad's going to happen, and if you just keep doing that, that's you know. But he knows more about wrestling than than I do, obviously. Oh. <clears throat> but uh, I'm I, I I have faith in him, like like you said, you do too. But um, all right. I would like to introduce a new segment to the show to end off the shows now. Um, okay. It is a surprise to Tyler. 
Um, I have been seeing this. It's a big TikTok trend. It's a big uh, just trend on Twitter. It is a uh, guess the wrestler. I figured I would start this week. So I already have the wrestler. I was going to have you try to guess. Okay, um, I'm nervous. You get 60 seconds if you want. Oh my god! Okay. Or you can do you can do 60 or a minute and a half, and you and the people who are listening will guess, and then at the end I will tell you who the wrestler is. You get to ask me questions. I answer uh, yes or no, and uh, that's it. Oh man! Oof. All right. Okay, you ready? No, but okay. All right, and next week you get to ask me the wrestler. <laughs> okay. All right, 60 seconds on the clock. Ready? Go. Wait, hold on, hold on, Larry. Am I supposed to ask you questions? Yeah, you ask me questions, and I say yes or no, and then you get the information for the wrestler. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, man, or okay, hold on. Can you start it over? Because I wasn't. I was, yes. <laughs> okay. All I right. thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna give me clues, so I have to basically you, narrow down who the wrestler is. Yeah, you. Yeah, you narrow it down. You ask the questions. You can ask like male or woman, what brand, active or non-active, okay. things of that nature. Okay. All right. Ready? Go. All right. Is this a current <laughs> champion? No. Okay. Is it a, is it a, a man or a woman? It is a man. Okay. Is does he perform for WWE? Yes. Is he on Raw or SmackDown? Well, you got to ask me the Raw or SmackDown. Oh, okay. I okay. Does he? Um, oh shit! Has he held championship gold? Yes. Okay. Um, is he? Uh, how, how how much time do I have left? You have. We'll do a minute and a half. So you have like a minute. Okay. Um, is he currently in a storyline right now? No. Oh shit. Okay. Um. When uh, has he ever been Money in the Bank cha- um, holder? No. Okay. Has he performed for NXT? Yes. He wasn't very prominent on NXT, but I think he's had a match or two on NXT. Oh, man. Shit. Um, has he, he, he's held gold in, um, like, like a, has he been a world champion or just like secondary titles? Both. Um, has he ever, you said he, he's never held gold in, um, NXT? No. And I was going to say Dolph Ziggler, but... All right. Well, a minute and a half is up. <laughs> Damn, I didn't even get have... a guess. All right. Let's, Do you let's have... Get... How about you get, you get three guesses on who it is now? Okay. I had an idea, but then it kind of fell. fell. Um, okay. It is um, Baron Corbin. No. Oh, no. He wasn't world champion. God damn right. it. <laughs> um, okay. It is... Oh shit! Um, AJ Styles? No. Oh, man, I'm, I'm not even close. And it, uh, my third guess would be um, Damian Priest. No, fuck! He's not a world champion. He's never been a. <laughs> this is a, a weird one, but he is one of your favorites. So I, I, I didn't know if you would get him. <sighs> Okay, who is it? Uh, it is Jinder Mahal. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I didn't like, remember right off if he had had a, uh, a match in NXT, but I feel like when he was in 3MB, he had a match or two on there. 
Well, technically, he had that first uh, world title match against Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins beat him. Yeah, that's true. He did. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was his career highlights were WWE champion, United States champion, and twenty four seven champion. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. I was when we started this. I was convinced it was Sami Zayn because we were just talking about Sami Zayn the other day. And right. How great he is, man! That was. Whew, gosh, I wasn't even close. <laughs> Two of my three picks were. <laughs> He didn't even qualify. I think we'll I think we'll get better as we keep doing this. And I did just throw it on you. So you didn't have an unfair thing. Okay. We can um all right. Yeah, I think I know where I'm gonna go with next week then. Oh yeah? I think I I think I have an idea of what I um I was about to say if, if you if you wanna put me on the spot, I'll do it now. Gosh, I wouldn't even know. I'd have to look up the information, but so, uh so so we wanna do it next week? Yeah, I think it's well. I don't want you want to tell you because I don't want you to do some research. But okay, we've fine. done we've done research on it before. I will say that as like a tease because I think I'm, I think you'll know where I'm going with this. But we'll okay. we'll just I'll have that information uh, next week. So you got it right. But uh, so that's great. Well, Tyler will give me my next week, and I'm sure I will fail. But uh, this has been uh, the latest episode of the Brothers Law of Destruction. I am Larry. I'm Tyler, and thank you guys for listening. See ya.